You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we are here today to release the beast. We're purging. We're we're getting it all out. Which, it's that time of year. Right? Uh, in, in a lead up to the 4th of July, we are going to be talking about some of the Purge movies. And we are here to just let loose and basically just say a lots of good things about these fucking movies. Yeah, we are big Purge fans. Hopefully you are because we have a lot of fun shit to go through today. But John, if anybody has not seen Purge Anarchy, if for some reason they watched the first Purge and they were like, nah, not for me, and they didn't realize that the future Purge installments are kick-ass, what, name three good things about Purge Anarchy specifically. Hmm. Well, I mean, number one's got to be Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo, yep. Yep. Perfect action horror movie star. Number two... A gang of kids with creepy masks. Such good masks. You could say masks as as a point for any single Purge movie. Yeah, I think this is the one where they really establish that, like, oh, we need to have a new mask for every movie. Each season needs a look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and good thing number three, they really deliver. Like when you when you fucking say that your movie is anarchy, it goddamn well better be. And uh, you know, for a movie whose pre- whose prior installment was like really secluded and stuck in one tiny location, they go out on the city streets and you see the fucking mayhem that these movies have been promising you. So I, I honestly maybe better than the first movie. Hard to say. It's I a, really like that first movie. It's a hard debate. But it's it's don't you fucking love a sequel that just comes out and. And, and at least tries to top itself. Or is at least expanding on the premise and larger in scope. Which, yeah. hey, this fucking does it. Yeah, it's a great fucking sequel. It's got Frank Grillo. It's pure anarchy. And it's got killer masks. Uh, those, so those are three good things about the Purge Anarchy. Specifically, the Purge Anarchy. Staying away from just the concept of the Purge, which is, you know, 95% of this podcast. So get ready for it. <laughs> Uh, before we get into it too much, though, Kim, what's keeping you creepy this week? Well, we don't have a whole lot to talk about uh, at the top of the show like we normally do because I- I'm sure we told you this last week. We moved. We yeah. are now in a different time zone. Yeah, we're also so in, a, in a very makeshift recording studio. Yeah. There are moving blankets <laughs> on all sides of us. We have no furniture yet. Everything is done on the bed. <laughs> yeah, either the bed or the two folding chairs we brought with us, which is what we're recording in right now. And they're very uncomfortable. Don't like them. <laughs> the dogs are happy though we brought all of the dog stuff all of our stuff is coming in crates in a week and a half but the dogs have everything they need but horror happenings this week the black phone is coming out yeah we're uh we we saw it back at overlook a few weeks ago it is finally hitting theaters this weekend despite having been moved several times gotta love that COVID release schedule. Yeah, everything is everything is coming out until it's not coming out. That's what I've learned. It's just like you can trust a <laughs> release date. Or everything is not coming out until it's until coming it's out. coming out. That's true. Yeah, uh, that move that release date's been moved a few times. It's finally hitting theaters this weekend. If you're a huge Sinister fan, I think you're gonna love this one. Or if you're an Ethan Hawke fan, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's got Ethan Hawke in it as a bad guy. 
We recorded a full drive home from the drive-in review of the Black Phone. That's going to be waiting for you over in the Fiend Club this weekend at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Couched in between our Never Sleep Again bonus episodes where we're talking about the Elm Street franchise, we took a brief little detour to talk about uh, everything that we liked about the Black Phone. Yeah, and while we get our recording studio set up, we'll be releasing these Purge episodes for you. If you have any ideas for movies you want to see us cover this summer, tweet at us at NOFS Podcast. You can find us in our Discord server at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. We are planning our summer schedule and we want your input. Make sure you don't recommend something we've already done. Check our last summer's schedule because we, we normally do summer movies. Unless you got a really killer idea. You're like, hey, I know you guys That's have true. already talked hey guys, about Sleep the episode camp, but... you did on this movie was kind of terrible. Can you do it again? <laughs> I mean, hey, whatever, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it, don't do that. <laughs> I'm not going to beat around the bush. <laughs> we are sensitive. We're very sensitive. <laughs> but hey, if you got a great idea, you're like, I really think that the you know, sleepaway camp would pair great with the burning. I'm like, you're right. We should have done that to the begin with. But hey, uh, you know, if you got a fun angle, I'd love to hear it. We do have a channel in the Discord right now. I think it's only for Fiend Club members, but uh, you can pitch us episodes. There have been some great ideas in there. Uh, some that I'm definitely going to be using as episode ideas. My favorite right now is Rob Told Me To, which is just movies that Rob Zombie has taken pull quotes from for his songs. So basically public domain movies is what it comes down to. We'll be talking about City of the Dead, uh, White Zombie. What else we got in there? Did he take a whole band name from that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so true because his first band was White Zombie. You're right. This guy's been playing in public domain for a long time. Smart. This next album is going to be called House on Haunted Hill. I mean, we tried to do that, but then YouTube deleted our account. Yeah, that happens. And we we're like, we just want to watch these free movies. So yeah, we're we're a little busy right now. We're actually not busy right now at all, but uh, <laughs> next week we will be very busy unpacking and getting the house together, but it leaves us plenty of time to watch horror movies, so if you've got some recommendations on some summer favorites that you'd love to hear us talk about on the podcast, hit us up wherever you can. But without further ado, let's get into... The Purge Anarchy. You can't go out there. You know how dangerous it is. This won't bring him back. It won't make you feel any better. Don't do this. It's late. You need to leave. Traffic is building rapidly downtown. As citizens rush to get home before commencement. If you're not purging, we advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. It'll soon be a war out there. Come on! This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge. At the siren, all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 hours. All emergency services will be suspended. Your government thanks you for your participation. What is this? Tonight allows a release. America, a nation reborn. Just drive, just drive. Stick to the plan. Follow me. Hey, we have to go now! Go, go, go! Go, go, go! 
As long as we keep moving, we're okay. People like us, we don't survive tonight. <laughs> this is the last purge of the evening. The bidding will start at 200,000. Just remember all the good the purge does. From 2014, James DeMonaco's The Purge, Anarchy, is currently sitting at a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 2.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I think this was also the, uh, the world's, the horror community's introduction to Frank Grillo? Probably, yeah. Yeah. And this became kind of Frank Grillo's franchise, even though... He's no longer in them, and he wasn't in the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Dude sails in for the sequel, hangs around for one more, and then the rest were just like, where's James, where's Frank Grillo? Why's he coming back? And then there's like the rumblings that like, oh, uh, we've maybe got a new idea for another Purge movie that brings Frank Grillo back. And it's like, oh shit, let's gear up, baby. I'm I'm on board. I'm ready for it. It's been, what, a year since the last Purge movie? I, I want that Purge legacy sequel. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, for, the addition of Frank Grillo to the Purge franchise made the Purge franchise into the national treasure. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like, it, it becomes a full-out action adventure with uh, Oh, with you him mean the, the movie helm. National Treasure? Oh, yeah. I just thought you meant, like, the, oh, he, the film, he is the concept. National yeah. yeah, Frank Grillo <laughs> is a national treasure. <laughs> no better person to play that role in this movie, right? God, because he, he's everything you need him to be. He's dangerous. He's untrustworthy. He's got a heart. He's a father. <laughs> you know, like, he's, he's all of that gruff, but, you know, tender, big-hearted stuff that you need for this movie, which is a huge surprise, and he pulls it off so, so well. Obviously, we'll get to the end when that really comes out later on. But uh, but goddamn, what a what a great piece of casting! This movie would not be nearly as good without Frank Grillo. I fucking love the Purge. I love the concept of the Purge. Frank Grillo is the heart of the Purge. <laughs> yeah, and, and touching on the concept, I I would have to agree that the Purge as a concept is well the most high concept horror content to come out since Final Destination. And, and normally I hate this. Like, normally I'm not a sequel franchise, you know, extending it into a series, all that stuff. Normally I'm not into that. But with films like Final Destination and The Purge, it works so well because they're so... Um, when you say high concept, it's kind of like a, a filmmaking term. I was that... waiting for you to backstep this a little. <laughs> yeah, so so high concept means the story can be explained in a simple sentence. It's easy to grasp. It's it's easy to understand. Now, like this is a bit dystopian, but it's pretty simple. New government created this special night where for twelve hours all crime is legal, including murder. Boom. That's your concept, and. You can get, you can squeeze so much lemonade out of that lemon. I mean, we started with the first film, which is a really tight home invasion. I know there's a lot of people who prefer, say, Purge Anarchy, Purge Election Year to the initial Purge, but I love that they started so small. One, because it's a Blumhouse film, they typically have very small budgets. I bet they could not uh, be exploring city streets uh, with the first film. And we get a glimpse of just just a sniff of purge. We just get one family's experience, but we know how 
or we can assume how large the scope of what's happening that night is going on out in the streets in the city that we don't see. Yeah, and then when you blow it up for other movies, like there are so many avenues that you can explore because it completely changes American life. Like 365 days of the year are completely different because of this 12-hour holiday that they have uh, on in March. Which, you know, saying that, yeah, it is a March thing, but I'm pretty sure everybody is revisiting the Purge films in July. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, this is the Independence Day film to go to. Like, yeah, sure, the, you know, fuck, oh, the White House blew up when the aliens came. It's a great movie. Love that fucking movie. <laughs> but there seems to, there's nothing more American right now than the Purge franchise. And... It's crazy that just, like, movie after movie, they all feel like they hit real close to home. We're not Americans, obviously, but... Well, but we're experiencing, like, a small mirroring of the same stuff that's happening down there. Like, we have our crazy, like, freedom riders and, and the truck convoys and all that stuff. So, like, we're 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 all sniffing the same glue. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's weird, too, because the franchise seems to get more timely as... as time continues on this film is set in what 2023 yeah and we're watching it in 2022 being like yes <laughs> a, lot, a lot can happen in a year guys <laughs> this a is, lot this is relevant <laughs> oh but what's great about it is that the purge comments on um the current social political climate and it, it's it's basically about the economical climate as well in a way that is cutting and daring and provocative and still horror or action horror or thriller horror, whatever you want to categorize uh, Purge Anarchy under, because it is a lot more uh, action-packed than, say, the initial one, which is definitely horror because it's home invasion. I just love that moviegoers heard the concept and went, yep, that checks out. Like, sight unseen, everyone goes, yep, no, this works, this fits, this sounds sounds right. It's weird because it's not a huge stretch of the imagination no not that i think anything like this would ever happen but we're all high on multiverses right now there's a there's a universe not far from our own branch like i would say one fucking twig over that's doing this it's cool that they in movie two just went here's the fucking bloodbath baby like yeah we were a quiet contained movie for the first one it was creepy you got to see just around the edges we're gonna kick you into fucking downtown LA that's become a war zone uh, and I, I I just love that they immediately went head first into that and it was a really smart decision because I mean speaking for myself and all audiences that's what we wanted to see we we were all hungry for like what does the fucking purge look like that's what makes the first purge so good everybody's like oh yeah, the first purge is contained to a house and it's like it's be the fact that you want it's to a see, total tease yeah that's that's what it's about like half the reason you like it is because you're like oh i just wish i could see a little more purge one is the foreplay <laughs> you know there's uh I, I don't know when it's gonna come up and i obviously don't want to i'm bringing it up now uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't i don't want to spend too much time on it because i'm sure i talked about it in in the last episode when we discussed the first Purge movie, it's obviously not the movie we're here to talk about today, but goddamn, was that TV show good, right? Especially the second season, because the whole second season is set in the in the months leading, like, from the last Purge to the upcoming Purge. Goddamn, I just love the weird, warped, twisted version of America that, that, these, movies, uh, that these movies give you. 
my my only complaint with the later purges and the and the series installment is they kind of find one perspective that really works and resonates with audiences and they don't deviate from it much. You mean revenge? Uh no, just like they really really focus on on the poor people. And I and I guess because the purge is specifically targeting them and that's kind of the underhanded stuff that we're finding out, but I want to see more of like the suburbs and just weird scenarios. And I guess, yeah, I want to see more fucking rich people purging. I want to see that sick, twisted shit. We get a lot of glimpses of it in the movies, and it's fucking tasty every time we do. Yeah, I just don't know how much of a story there is there, right? It's so true, because we hate them. So we're like, ugh, <laughs> fuck these rich people, die! It'd make for a great series of like short films leading up to a new Purge movie. Like, you see this fucking crazy cult family just like murdering people like it's a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah, and- like, what does the Manson family do during Purge night? Do they save they their relax? Do they save their culty stuff till that night, or like does it? Because they the whole purpose of the purge, in terms of like if I was a government official supporting the purge, it's because crime is lowered. All your crime stats are lowered because everybody believably is waiting until purge night to you know like kill that guy they've been wanting to kill all year. That's the propaganda or, for sure, yeah, or all that nonsense, or like rob the guy who wronged them, or or whatever. So. They save it to do it under this night where they won't be prosecuted, but it also won't be a status, won't be considered crime because during purge, it's not crime. So they're, they're probably still having the same or more murder. The 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 death count, like the- They're just putting it all on one day. The census is changing uh, quite consistently, but because it's not being classified as murder, their stats look great. This is this is the high concept version of I'm only gonna do laundry once a year. <laughs> I'm gonna do laundry for 24 hours every day. I wear a brand new pair of socks. You would have to do a whole load that is just gross underwear, underwear that is up to 364 well, days dirty. Right, that's the problem. Like <laughs> you forget the fact that your dirty laundry is just like festering. You would have like to a designate a, a whole room. <laughs> you have guests coming over, like, which one's the bathroom? We're like, don't open that door. <laughs> Good God, don't open that door. <laughs> it's the purge in there. <laughs> I guess we should maybe talk about this movie a little bit because we're almost 15 minutes in. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. And so, yeah, this one takes us out into the city. We're following a mother and daughter who are locked down in a low-income apartment building um, for the purge night. And they discover that their father, uh, grandpa, has basically sold himself to a pile of rich people to purge yeah. um, in exchange for $100,000 to support his daughter and granddaughter. Really not that much money. Which is really sad and such a minor blip on the story, but it just goes to show you how twisted some of the threads of how people purge and how that's presented in these movies actually are. I think yeah. that's maybe one of the most twisted ones, and it's right up front early on in the movie, and then we're like, Oh, we're moving on to the rape scene. Yeah, that's the, those are all the little... the, the oh, I'm talking more about the martyr thing. But those are all the tiny little details that I love about these first three movies. Um, James DeMonaco does, does like a really good job of thinking about the practicality of, of a scenario like this. Because not everybody's just going to grab a machine gun and go out into the street. Like, rich people are not going to do that. No, but they're also not going to not participate. Exactly. Like, that's the idea. Uh, he's got so many great little little bits in there of like people being opportunistic with the purge, and the and yeah, just like that little image of Grandpa selling himself for a hundred thousand dollars so that way they can sort of you know get themselves out of the rut that they're in to move out of where they are, pay off all their debts and everything is such a bleak 
picture of Americana that really, really, like, whether or not the purge is a real thing, I'm talking, like, modern-day America right now, I don't know, that, that just feels like the real world. Like, there's no way that somebody wouldn't do that. There's no way that that's probably not already happened kind of thing. And you know for a fact there are people out there going, like, if I could just... Oh, if I could just, you know, sell, give myself up so I could, for some money for my family, I would do it. Like, that is so fucking bleak that you live in a world with, currently where people would just give up their lives for a, just a little bit of cash to help out people that they love. Mm. It, no, we it, gotta spin out of this. Let's just talk about guns and, and fire and stuff because the rest of this movie's cool. It's true though, but so yeah, after that happens, the scummy landlord, other tenant, breaks into their apartment and is definitely got some purging in mind. Um, but he's gunned down because there's also a huge military team that's invaded th- that building. Yeah, they've been they're, they're basically going around town all night scooping up people that are on the streets, mostly poor people out of their houses that are hunkered down not participating in the purge to go into sort of like a gladiator games that the that the rich people are taking part of. I don't think the truck people are the ones hurting uh hurting people for that hunting club. Oh, they're just showing up and killing people. They're yeah, like they are a targeted military group who is secretly operating under the founding fathers to increase the purge numbers and also to increase deaths of people in poverty. Yeah. Because they're using the purge to get rid of the poor. Right, you're right. I'm confusing those with the fucking cool as shit creepy gang from the beginning. Oh, With those fucking masks? Yeah. They are the beginning of some of the purges. The entire franchise has fucking amazing imagery. Right. Um, in part one, we got an again, we got again a, just a little taste of it with the attempted purgers' masks when they're in the doorbell camera and stuff, which is really great. But in this, we get characters, and each person in this gang is defined in in a really eerie way. They have one one guy has a half mask, and then his entire neck and chin is painted like an open mouth with like jagged teeth so cool it's terrifying and then there's another one that's a baby's mask with the word god scrolled on the forehead and he's (laughs) he he just hauntingly rides around on a skateboard and like waves his (laughs) creepy little fingers like surprise guest appearance from lakeith stanfield by the way playing that dude completely forgot he was in this movie i guess we wouldn't have recognized him at the time this is three years before get out Years before Atlanta, but like when he takes that mask off and he starts talking, it's like, holy shit, we know him. I know, and I don't think they were playing it as a reveal when it first came out. But no, now- he was just a dude. Yeah, now it's a reveal. <laughs> now it's a reveal. <laughs> The fact that they disable, disable that they uh, like poke a hole in the transmission line, cut the transmission line, the brake fluid, whatever, of that couple that's trying to get away is so great because they 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 start driving, they think everything's cool, and then all of a sudden the car breaks down, and like that's kind of what begins their story. Like we've got them, we've got the mother and daughter who are being invaded. Uh, by the military at their house. They all meet up together uh, in the in the city streets when Frank Grillo just decides to save them all. Like, he could just as easily get the fuck out of there. But, uh, you know, he hears he hears uh, Eva's daughter refer to her as mom. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, oh, fuck, now I gotta help. <laughs> uh, the other two just kind of, like, break into his car and they're, they're along for the they're ride. They're like, save us. I, I do want to talk a little bit about that couple, though. One, it's so creepy that the gang targets them before the purge starts. Yeah. Because that's like 
prowling. Say they're just at the grocery store getting supplies before they're hunkering down. And this gang is out cutting brake lines for people in the parking lot that they've pre-chosen. They're just making their job easier for later in the night. That's fucking terrifying. But it's also proof positive to my stance that I would not be out at all within 24 hours of the purge. No, absolutely not. 24 hours probably isn't even enough of a window. (laughs) Yeah, like say the purge is on Wednesday. On Sunday, I'm at Costco. And then I'm never seeing you people again until Friday. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. The day is really the whole month's a write-off, right? Like two weeks beforehand, two weeks afterwards. Because you're... out, you're like, oh, I need to get some last minute fucking wine. No, for the you purge. don't. No, you don't. You're fucking get a flat tire. You're dead. Yeah, you're dead. On the flip side of that, though, I'm really surprised Frank Grillo wasn't like out in his armored vehicle driving up to the house that he wants to revenge at. So that way he could just like, as soon as the the buzzer goes off, he's like, well. Time to get to work. Yeah, but he's not a cold-blooded murderer. He was working up to it. That's because true. We saw him in his bedroom, like holding a gun, like he never held one before, and we all know that he had held one before, <laughs> based on how he took out that military group with like a pop, 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 pop. Well, I think he's also from the military, right? Like, is, didn't they refer to him as a sergeant yeah, by I think the they end of the him movie? Sergeant. Yeah. But you're but right. He, he has he has to he doesn't actually want to do it. He wants to, but he's not he's not sure he's capable he's of. He's not it. a murderer. That's it. He's just a murder for saving her. <laughs> murder for saving her. A revenger, uh, I guess. A others defenser, not a self defenser, but an others defenser. A hero is the word <laughs> is the word you're looking for. I you're mean, just I'm watching you circle the drain so waiting to tell him that. That's also ambiguous though, John, because we, if we get into like the He's military an stuff, then it's it's very complicated. When you visit Arizona, Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Okay. Well, there is there is a great line, I guess, in the movie, too, where he's talking about there's no room for heroes. Because, like, if I want to be super pointed, if Frank Grillo was a sergeant and he was killing people on behalf of the government because it was a legal war, technically that Kevin Bacon-looking dude in, with the hat and the machine gun in the back of the truck is doing the exact same thing and would be considered by the government a military hero. Yeah, that's what this movie's about. This movie's about the hypocrisy of all of it. It's not saying that like just the purge I mean, is bad. No, but it is saying that Frank Grillo is a hero. He is a working class hero. <laughs> he's a guy who's a who jukebox took... hero. <laughs> he's a jukebox hero. <laughs> yeah. He uh you know you, you you don't have to be a hero all day. You don't have to wake up a hero, go to bed a hero. You just got to be a hero those 5 minutes when the world asks you to be a hero. And like I mean, that's, that's... Did you steal that from a cereal box I or something? I stole that from a Marvel movie. Yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what Marvel movie? Deadpool. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. But yeah, like the um <laughs> my brain's erased. I have no idea what I was going to say next. Frank Grillo good. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Frank Grillo, good. Yeah. I love a gotta get from point A to point B and you gotta go through hell to get there movie. Like, I just love a survive the night movie across a hellscape. Like, isn't yeah, that- this is like um, Assault on Precinct 13, but Precinct 13 is 
downtown LA. Yeah, I, men on a mission, I think, is what it's usually referred to. Like, it's just got a group. Of, but it's really just, like, the, there is no mission. The mission is just, like, survive. The mission is go to my friend's house and get the car? Yeah, that's most of it, right? Yeah, it's 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 my car's broken down because I had to save you guys. You fucking owe me. Get me a car. Uh, and that's, that's what brings us into the third act of the movie. You gotta love, though, that... Frank Grillo was not smart enough to look at his phone and see if she actually made that phone call. That's what I would have done. Anybody can fake a phone call. I think she didn't. They don't own a car. That's the thing. They, I know, they but don't she could have just car. been like, she could have been like, yeah, and he, he wants to borrow your car. And then the friend's like, what are you talking about? I don't have a car. And she could be like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, thank great. Thanks. You. Cool. Okay, bye. You're right. That's true. It could have <laughs> just as easily gone down like that. Actually, the scene where they go to the friend's house is one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Because the, you realize the friends are fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's. You, you can't get away from the purge. You can't get away from the purge. You can't get away. You can't trust anybody. It also might be an argument in favor of the purge, in that everybody, even your friends, like the people you wouldn't expect to purge, the people you think you would be safe with, have purging inside them. Like purging is something that is human nature, and it's it's something that we've ignored all of this time. You know what I mean? Okay. On the flip side of that, though, isn't it just that uh, it's it's just too American not to say something? Like, to be honest about how you feel about shit? This woman knows that her husband has been cheating on her. With her sister. With her fucking sister. And no one is talking about it. No one says a goddamn thing. They just wait for the purge. Or, 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 or it just, you know, the purge night, it boiled over. And she was like, you know what? Why the fuck don't I kill my sister? No one's going to put me in jail for it. It's not illegal. Who gives a shit? Maybe what they actually need is one day out of the year where everybody just airs their grievances. What's that, Festivus? Isn't that part of Festivus? Family Fighting Day? Yeah, Family <laughs> Fighting Day. That'd be nice. Everybody gets a nice little, uh, like, Nerf bat, and you just go to town Oh, man, I would just other. go straight to the bank, and I'd be like, let me tell you guys. <laughs> yeah, and you Nerf bat the tellers. You're like, you're very nice people, but I am very upset that you held my check. <laughs> And I know it's probably less exciting, but speaking of this, I was kind of saying this while we were watching the movie, but how everybody goes straight to the human-on-human crime, and, and maybe that's just because we're we're kind of running through alleys and people are getting tossed over buildings and, <laughs> and, and shooting hung, guns into the air and hung from screaming banks. Screaming about God and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and sniping people off roofs. But I thought I would see a lot more like, I'm going to break into this convenience store and get all the smokes. I guess to, you'd have to really want to commit a crime to go out on purge night. Like, it would have to be a serious crime. Like, Ooh, yeah. I'm not going to risk my life because I can't afford cigarettes on the regular. Yeah. <laughs> but who, I, I don't know. I mean, surely somebody's doing it. If you live above a convenience store, you might. You I mean, know? would like, uh, this is terrible. Wouldn't you rob a bank on purge night? But I would not I, I, it, no, no. I, it, here's the thing. No matter what plan you have, you step outside. You're like, okay, time to go into. And before you can finish cracking your fingers, somebody's shot you from the rooftop next door. <laughs> it's surprising how much movie there is in this movie. Right? They pack a lot into it. So much. You almost get all of the first purge in the purge anarchy. Like, all the sentiment about the military coming in and killing all the poor people to pump the numbers up. Like, that's the story of the first purge. Like, the whole story of the first purge is that, like, oh my god, people don't actually kill as much as they said they would or we thought they would, so we gotta kill them for them. Like, that's that's it. You get, you get a whole resistance story. You get a handful of separate stories of the individuals that are involved in this. You see the rich. You see the NFFA. You just see America as a whole. It's like a whole season 
season of a TV show in like 90 minutes. Yeah, they really pack it full. I, I would say uh, my favorite, I guess, glimpse or segment of the movie is The Hunting Club, which I would totally describe as the running man segment of The Purge. Hell yeah. The group that's been stalking them the entire time, the gang with the really cool masks and makeup, mm-hmm. finally catch up with them, finally catch them. They throw them in the back of their truck and we find out they weren't trying to purge them. They were just trying to get in on... Um, the economy of the purge, they've sold them or they're getting money from, uh, again, another group of rich people who support the Founding Fathers who have like a Hunger Games-esque indoor hunting club. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely all for uh, supporting a political party. Like rather than buying a, you know, twelve a $12,000 plate of dinner to to your preferred political party, you're paying two hundred thousand dollars to hunt somebody down. Like that money's obviously going right back into the government. Uh, it's just a real fucking twisted way of doing it. Yeah, and it's such a cool sequence because I don't know. There's just something super sadistic about it. the The rich people that pledge on them are basically donning almost like laser tag outfits, and they're going into like a rich person's laser tag. But it's yeah. to hunt real people who've been picked up off the street and are completely helpless. Yeah, it's it's like a fake little garden that they have inside a warehouse, right? Like it's it's, it's almost like they're on the grounds of their own like mansion estate and that they're hunting people that are that have broken onto the property. <laughs> also just who doesn't like a shootout in night vision goggles? It's the best. Right? Every time. Even when the blood like glows in the night in the night vision i'm like yeah it probably wouldn't i love it looks great i love how frank grillo completely unarmed and in the dark is like i have to go kill someone to get night vision glasses or else we're fucked yeah excuse me one moment (laughs) excuse me one moment (laughs) comes back with two sets of goggles and two guns i could only get extra (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's great yeah uh who's who's your favorite of the of the people that go purging in that sequence i I guess it's obviously got to be the sisters that show up which is like fucking swords i mean they're fun i like the two brothers uh oh the two blue bloods yeah like the sons they get killed right away like come on charles let's go kill some poor people Yeah, and then the resistance shows up too, which is which is kind of cool. I remember thinking that that was too much the first time we saw it. Yeah, honestly, when when I saw the resistance, I was like, "Oh, that's in this movie." I thought it was exclusively in like election year. Yeah, I think it's more in election yeah, year. Yeah, but it was just so much, and I was like, "Oh, they they're here." <laughs> it's so great too, right? It's like the fucking purge is wrong. The purge is evil, so we need to purge the government. <laughs> purge the purgers. <laughs> the yin and yang effect, right? It almost it really like the more you talk about it, the more you're just like, I don't see a future where this doesn't happen. <laughs> it's scary because I don't know how we're going to get out of the situation we're in. We're definitely as divided and vilify each other to the point where I would say the New Founding Fathers are them versus us in the Purge franchise. Like, the state of of our faith in our government is the same. And I don't have any answers. I don't have... That's what makes it horror, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) By the end of the movie, though, like, Frank Grillo, you know, he's helped fucking save as many people as he can. They've shot their way across the entire city, and we finally get to to his destination, and we realize... He was purging all along. Well, it's just that, like, we realize his main motivation. It was really ambiguous in the beginning as to why he was going out like you know he had a purpose like he's obviously not a guy who wants to purge but he's he's using it 
as an opportunity to settle a score or something. You don't I mean, know. The very beginning, he looks at a photo of him with a little boy. Oh, does like, he? Did I just like black that out? Yeah, and he's like, hmm. <laughs> and then him, some woman comes, who I'm assuming is his ex-wife, is like. Don't go out there. It's not going to bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck was... I guess I was scritching a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she said that exactly, but she was definitely like... I know. I'm pretty sure she was like, you don't have to do this. <laughs> oh, I think she said it's not going to bring him back. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, uh, the characters in the movie didn't Oh, they know. had no idea. <laughs> And I, I do like how they just dole out that information, like how his son was killed by a drunk driver, and now he's going to the house of the guy. He did break the law a little bit by showing up two weeks ago and disabling the back alarm. Oopsie doopsie. Uh, and is now going to break in and get revenge. But there's a little piece um, on top of that is where he says, like, I'm going to go in there where he's sleeping with his wife and his two kids. Yeah. And then it becomes... Like Christmas Evil level, you know, when he, yeah. he uh, or um, what's the one that's not Christmas Evil, but is very similar? Silent Night, Deadly Night? Yeah. Where he goes in and he gives that little girl a knife. <laughs> okay. It's just some twisted ass shit. Like the fact that he's going to kill him in the home where his kids are, like it's fucking personal. Well, I, I think it's also great too, because it's definitely the one scenario where audiences would say, oh, he's got a he's got a good point. You know, like, oh, maybe maybe we let him. <laughs> you know, like... Well, yeah, so he's a hero, right? They had, to, they had to give him a backstory that would justify him purging and us still be on his side. Yeah. And, yeah, re- avenging his young son's death. I, yeah, sure. Yeah. But d- did you not like that scene where he's just like... He's got, he's like ripped the guy out of bed and he, like, Frank Grillo. This is me again talking in the beginning of the movie about how Frank Grillo can do it all because, like, he's like, he's crying a little bit and he's like, You kill my son! He was you kill my son! I, I was just like, Oh, I feel it. Like, and he was yelling at the wife too. He was like, Stay down! Stay down! And I was like, Oh, God. It's so great. Like, I was, I, my heart fluttered a little bit for it. I was like, He's doing such a good job. Like, I feel this. And one, twos give a few. He's like walking out all triumphantly. We we're we're sure that he murdered the dude. Yeah. And Kevin Bacon back the truck. Guy, he really looks like Kevin. He Bacon. Does. I know and- he just threw that out there, but they were throughout this whole movie. Okay, he so really he really looks like he Kevin Bacon. Doesn't when he takes the hat and the glasses off, he looks like okay, fine, blue blood American. He does look uh, like a military father guy. guy. Yeah. But yeah, maybe it's just because. I have the image of Kevin Bacon and Hollow Man stuck in my head where he's like trying to like pass off as not being hollow and he's got the sunglasses <laughs> on. <laughs> I keep thinking of him in like Cop Car, which is a movie no one has seen. Well, but. yeah, Kevin Bacon in like, a baseball cap and sunglasses. Yeah. You got Kevin Bacon on the mind anyway. I mean, at the, the time of recording, that new slasher movie set at the um, the conversion camp hasn't come out yet, but he's been plastered all over Twitter. Very true. Yes. But so he shows up because I guess they were able to reverse search his license plate on his... He, he gave him a whole big explanation. I think it made sense. They found him. I know, but... And then he gives him an explanation as to why they're doing it. Oh, so. he really likes to talk, this guy. <laughs> he really, so- really like. You almost think the buzzer was going to run out on the speech. <laughs> yeah, like he shoots, he shoots Frank Grillo in that guy's lawn, basically. And while Frank Grillo is bleeding out, he's like... 
you see, we do the purge <laughs> because they're not purging enough and we got to purge them. Uh, John, can you do it? It's a, well, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Like he, he sort of reiterates the idea that they are hired by the government to kill a bunch of poor people to pump the numbers up to show that like, oh, yeah, look, we, you know, the purge is successful. The purge is useful. People enjoy it. People love it um, because uh, it's it's kind of like an Alfred Hitchcock movie, right? Like it's playing to the back of the house. It wants to make sure that every single person that leaves the movie theater knew exactly what was happening, exactly uh, you know, what every character's motivation was. And like, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a like it's reiterating a point that it's already made earlier in the movie. But at least there are every question has been answered by the end of the movie. Nobody's confused walking out. And yeah. then we discover bum 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 bum. That, oh, that was a bad bum 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 bum. Uh, and then we discover dun yes. dun dun dun. Thank you. That also bad. He did not kill the dad. The no, guy that right, killed his son. Right before this military, but right before Kevin Bacon is about to cock the gun and shoot Frank Grillo on the lawn, the drunk guy who killed his son comes out and saves him, and then has to drive him to the hospital. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a moment. Now they're they're. <laughs> Right before that, uh, the military guys who are with Kevin Bacon descend on the lawn because they hear the gunshots going off, and they raise their guns. And then this guy, this kid killer, drunk driver guy who saved Frank Grillo is like, I'm going to save him. And they're, they, and they're, we got a Mexican standoff here between between Eva and her daughter and this stranger we just met and the military dudes. And then the sirens go, and the purge is over, and everybody lowers their fucking guns. That happens a few times in the Purge franchise, and everybody's like, whoop. Can't be breaking the law anymore. Right. I and it's like are we all wearing body cams? Or I burst out laughing and Kim was just like, Why do you find this so fucking funny? And I just think it's hysterical. Like I think it's as silly as the idea of the purge itself. The fact that when the siren goes, people are like, Okay, well that's it. Game's over, man. Like everybody respects it. It's everybody so... go home. Mom's calling for dinner. <laughs> yeah. It's so silly that people respect it. Like it's silly to me that people don't start purging before the buzzer goes and that everybody's like, oh, we got to stop now. We're citizens again. And what we're doing is wrong. Like it's like they they literally and this is a big thing about America. I think like this is a huge statement that it's making in the movies that you can just flip the switch. Like, good or bad, you can just go, okay, I'm a killer now. And then after Dracula we go- Dracula can't do that, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, no, he spends a hundred years crying about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but just the, the idea that you can say, I'm allowed to do this, I'm justified. And then afterwards, say, basically say to yourself, I didn't do that. Well, yeah, because like it's like, I'm within my right. Yeah. It's in the amendment that Co- we amended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it's the Constitution. Is it? Okay. Yeah. For for a second, I thought it was... No, is this the Declaration of... God damn, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of, like, Canadian... Second Amendment? Yeah, no, that's the... But like, it's the Amendment to the that's Constitution? That's, like, the I can have guns. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Sorry, I've been listening to some podcasts about Canadian politics, so the... The the phrasing in my head is completely different now. Because ours is the Canadian now. Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Yes, and theirs is the Bill of Rights. <laughs> Isn't it the Declaration of Independence? Those are they're two. I think the Declaration of Independence is them declaring independence from Britain. Oh, do we have one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. That's what actually what I was listening to because we're still we're not a hundred percent part of the Commonwealth, but we still have the the Queen as like the CEO of Canada, and like I basically found out that it's gonna be damn near impossible to ever wipe them off of it. <laughs> It's a long story. Yeah, but they're like honorary CEO. 
kind of technically. Like we've definitely but not really. grandfathered them out of our government. They're not- like a. A coin, really. I, I, <laughs> They're a coin. I can assure you right now, anybody listening to the Purge episode does not give a shit. <laughs> so we can we can just politely move on. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I love too that the, the siren has gone off and everyone is safe. But it isn't until we get to the bank and Frank Grillo's got the two ladies around his arm who are going to walk him into the hospital. That dude doesn't get out of the car because he can't be in the final shot because he's still <laughs> technically a bad guy. And she's just like... <gasps> We did it. <laughs> We're safe now. I know. Now. And then I'm just thinking like, well, honey, there is going to be a line in that emergency room. It's going to be Frank one- Grillo is probably dead. You mentioned <laughs> you mentioned that halfway through the movie cuz he was just like you got to get to a hospital right away first thing in the morning to get this gunshot treated and you're like good fucking luck with that. <laughs> you imagine how shitty it is trying to see a doctor the next day? Oh boy. I bet the I bet the hospitals are backed up for 4 months. Uh, but one of my one of my absolute favorite things in this movie, you know, like the sun has come up on a new day. There's promise and hope. The news crews are back out, and then poof, 364 days until the next purge. Like fuck yeah, this fucking movie knows how to end an anarchy. I love it. <laughs> you remember in the first purge, which is like one of the later movies, very confusing, I know. Yes, where a bunch of people think that they're just gonna be able to have like a fucking street party. They're like, the purge is gonna be the best party night. Yeah, no one's no. One's gonna stop us. People aren't actually gonna purge, and here we are. That's I, that, that's actually one of the scenes I liked about the first purge because it's true. No one was taking it seriously. No, I like that. I mean, the first if the first purge happened, yeah, I would be like um, the fucking kids in Stab Four or Stab Eight or Scream Eight who are like, let's have a stabathon while there's a killer actively murdering teenagers. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah I, I, you gotta you gotta have a party in Act Three. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like re- realistically, if if all laws are legal, um, or if all crime is legal for 12 hours, you're going to get- Underage drinking. Yeah, you're (laughs) going to get some shitheads, some real shitty monster human beings doing some terrible shit. But yeah, for the most part, it's going to be underage drinking, and no one can tell me to turn the music down. Like, that's going to be most of the 12 hours. That would be really creepy, though, because so in the first one, the young daughter is trying to, like, smuggle in her boyfriend or whatever. Can you imagine if they got, like, legally married during the, the night? Can anything be legally done during the night? I, I would assume. Like, everybody just goes to Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis is so busy on Purge Night. He like, here's your complimentary guns. Dang. So we haven't yet watched Election Year. We are going to sit down and watch that next. Oh, yeah. Do you think uh, you're going to rate Anarchy higher? Do you, have a, do you have a feeling? Ooh, that's tough. It's been a long time since I've watched Election Year. Uh, I remember really enjoying it. I remember Anarchy being like top tier purge for me. I still love the first movie. That's oh, it's gonna be tough. I think in my head right now, Anarchy is the one I like more, mm-hmm. but it's not by much. Like I really, it's so really hard. Like, yeah, uh, the... people ask a lot of times, like, "Oh, are you purge one or purge two person?" And I honestly, I do not have a definitive answer on that. Yeah, because they're both so different, and I think they're so great at different things Mm -hmm. and Uh, and two and three are so similar but so good yeah uh and the carry again like purge anarchy the characters are great we should probably save most of this for the episode yeah uh what's your rating of purge anarchy 3.5 out of 4 i'm also 3.5 out of 4 hell yeah this movie solid yeah this movie kicks a lot of ass and it's fucking fast too i i wish they brought these back into theaters they could do uh i would love to go to a -a (laughs) purge-a-thon right 
like fucking July. Oh man, you you host it like you're in the theater trying like to wait out the purge. The purge? Oh, yeah, that'd like be we great. lock the doors. You can't go out unless you want. And you do if you need a cigarette like or something. Like seven p.m. to seven a.m. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that, that would be fucking rad. That would be amazing. Somebody's ready to get your it. purge slushies. <laughs> But that's what we thought of The Purge. Let us know uh, how you rank The Purge series, which one's your favorite. If you're a Purge Anarchy fan, you can tweet at us at NOFS Podcast. You can find us in our Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. And if this is your first episode of Nightmare on Film Street, please subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. It's even easier to rate us on Spotify because you don't have to leave a review. It's literally just a star system. Just boom, boom, five stars. They're great. I loved it. Subscribed. It really helps us grow the horde and uh, get the show in front of more fiends like yourselves. If you want more bonus episodes, join the Nightmare on Film Street Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiend club or, you know, patreon.com slash Nightmare on Film Street. That's where it's going to bring you. We're still in the middle of our Never Sleep Again series. We're reviewing every movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise in one sitting, no sleep. It was a lot of fun. We've been talking about it a lot. I, I enjoyed it. I think it broke me, but it was, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> uh, we also do watch parties and live streams and all kinds of fun stuff there. Uh, in exchange for your support of Nightmare on Film Street and everything we do here, uh, that is at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Like Kim mentioned, we're going to be talking about Purge the Election Year coming up in the next episode. But until then, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay, Stay creepy. creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret. And visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.